Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. The season is over, fam. I, of course, am your director of fun and games, Bill Matz. Um, it this was uh, the longest. They've all been long lately. They've all been disappointing. Mm-hmm. They've all been angering. I can't believe that this thing was still going on, like, last night. That's right, we're recording on a Friday night for all of you, so you should really appreciate this podcast. Uh, We're going to get right into it, lead things off with the fly-by-yourself Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would obviously be out socializing with my millions of friends and lovers or whatever. Like, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here watching Love is Blind by myself on the couch. Kelly. I would be out. I uh, I so bought a Nintendo Switch today. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty neat. Just decided, like, do I need to catch up on some bills? No, I'm going to drop, like, 100 bucks on hats and buy video games that I haven't played since college. Awesome. I Done. spent $96 on several moisturizers yesterday just because I fucking felt like it. So we're all doing great. Dope. Um, Dope. I, I just want to take a second to thank everyone that came out to our tailgate. Um particularly you two, for both coming. Um, I know sometimes it's hard for you guys to get to events, so I really appreciated seeing you guys come down. It was, um, I think it was good. I think everyone had a good time. We had a nice turnout. Um, It was a nice reminder. Maddie Campbell wrote the newsletter for Broad Street Hockey today, which if you subscribe to Broad Street Hockey, you will get a newsletter every Friday. Uh, Please like and subscribe. Anyway. she reminded me today that, like, the reason that we do this and the reason that we watch this stupid hockey team, um, maybe not so much because we're mentally anymore, ill. That, but <laughs> also because, like, you know, it's like a sunny Saturday or Sunday. We're like hanging Sunday. out outside with people, talking about the stupid Flyers, like people that we only know because of this dumb hockey team, like friends that we've made because of this dumb hockey team, and it was just like a nice reminder of like outside of the actual product on the ice as we've talked about before the flyers are a whole ass thing that we love way more than we ought to and um the end of the season i think helps drive that home because uh in a week we're gonna miss them i don't care what you say you're going to uh i don't know about miss them (laughs) i don't know if i've been missing it bob uh you're making a lot of i I wanted Yeah. Listen, Charlie, Char- I know that you're dead inside because this is your job now, but I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about you like a general I'm, you, not you, I'm, Charles O'Connor. I usually go to Kelly first, so it's not a great departure today, but I knew she was going to say something positive yeah. about the tailgate. Um, but 
really, we have to thank the one and only Kelly Hinkle for that event, which was absolutely outstanding. I mean, Dylan's food was incredible. Clear God, rum showed up. Sick. Oh my God, <laughs> I've never tasted anything like that. So good. It's, uh, incredible. But we have Kelly Hinkle to thank for that. And I think we should really, really appreciate uh, what the fly by herself does for us. I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it, but I just have to get that out there. Right. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, so season's over, which Yay. I am very happy about, personally. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything. Uh, you know, season's <laughs> over, flyers are done. Um, did find it real funny that they had to have the final two games of the year both go into overtime. Like, yeah, we really need to watch uh, more. Honestly. We need to watch more. Like that. The that's peak. that's what we needed. Can, I I gotta say, I, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you for your positives. And I I didn't even think of this until you just mentioned the overtime in the uh, finale. Jonathan Taves getting the breakaway, and then Felix Sandstrom turning him away might be the highlight of the season. Like that might be a number one. Uh, the Provorov goal was sick. We've had a few good highlights, like in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That was the A number one highlight, ruining their time. Now maybe <laughs> Michael Layton didn't come up with that save in 2010 against Patrick Kane, but uh, this was almost as good. Just right? as 13 good. Years later, just <laughs> as good. I, that was incredible. <laughs> they like, ended the possible. The moment story happens. It's cool. Like that's the moment happens, and it's like, oh, this is a movie, and. He doesn't score, and it's it's Taves. Like he's really fucking good on breakaways. Yeah, right. And somehow Felix Sandstrom, the guy who we don't think is very good, stops him. That was incredible. Uh, I do want a uh, a season highlight from everyone because we're gonna talk about the team, and it's not necessarily gonna be positive. I mean, I think we've seen some positives, and things are at least trending in the right direction. They're not downward spiraling anymore, I suppose. Uh, but it's been a tumultuous tumultuous year for us as fans, us as people who cover the team, and us personally with our Vox, SB Nation stuff, all that shit. I want to congratulate us on seven complete seasons covering this team. Holy oh shit, God. seven seasons. Um, what are your, if you have a highlight, a positive from this year, I just want to hear it to start the show. Okay, so mine is, it's not like a, one moment type of thing but um i personally and i know that a lot of people are not here yet i at the end of this season find myself feeling rather optimistic about the future of the team and it's it's not just because they finally you know fired the guys that they needed to fire to turn a corner like that's obviously a big part of it um but between that and a few of the younger guys on this team kind of taking a step forward and really fleshing out the core of like a middle and bottom of a good hockey team. Like you can start to see a skeleton. Like it's definitely missing a head and possibly a leg and maybe one or two arms, but you can start to see like the form of a good hockey team and a pathway to get there and it's not like it's not like it's gonna be easy for them to get there they're gonna have to really wizard some shit to get this team good in a reasonable amount of time but I do think that now now that Chuck's gone now that Dave Scott's gone 
now that we've gotten pretty much explicit assurance that the old guys aren't really going to be much of a voice in the room anymore. You see guys like Noah Cates being good, Joel Farabee, now that he's all healed up, seems like he's back to normal. Like, there's definitely pieces to this team that if they're able to pull off a little bit of magic, maybe in in two years, and it kills me to say that because we've been saying two years for the past seven years, um, that you know. That would be year nine of, of the pod. Yeah, there's there's something there. And I don't I don't know. It's like it's a nice feeling because for the past two seasons there hasn't been a single thing to make me feel like okay, maybe the team is going to get somewhere. Um, but now I kind of do, and I think that's good. Charlie, do you have any positives? Um great any good question. snacks in the press box? Well, so season? it's an interesting question because <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, there are definitely positives. Like, I I enjoyed watching Noah Cates, you know, establish himself as a legitimately good NHL player. Really enjoyed uh, seeing Travis Konechny have a bounce-back year. Carter Hart was real good for long stretches. Owen Tippett's emergence, awesome. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Cam York looked good. There were good things. But the thing about this year for me, and this is why, like, like, going back through the last few years, like, the 2020-2021 the season, the pandemic year that was we had no access with, like, that was the worst year. Hopefully, hopefully, it will be the worst year of my career. Like, that was actually miserable. I actually disliked my job for the only, the only time I truly hated it. The next year was, like, it was bad. The team was bad, but... There were cool things to cover, like the Drew game. Normalcy was probably reassuring, but like, like I can think back and be like, the Claude Drew game that was really cool. That was a really cool thing. I will look back. Hopefully, if I'm still doing this, I will look back in 20 years and be like, I remember that Drew game. That was really neat. You know, it was a it was an emotional game, and it was a really cool game to cover. This year, like, it wasn't as anywhere near as bad as the really bad year that I just will never speak of hopefully again we had access back that was cool I I wrote some really cool stories that I'm really proud of I think I matured a lot as a journalist which was cool but like nothing really happened that was fun as an individual (laughs) event if that makes sense like it wasn't no, there like, weren't a lot of dis- like like yeah. there were no there was nothing I look back and I'm like man that was cool like nothing like like what was cool like Chuck Fletcher getting fired like yeah I guess in the gra- like I guess in the grand scheme of things like that's a good thing for the organization but like number one it should have happened a long time ago number two <laughs> like like as much as I think he deserved to be fired like. I like Chuck Fletcher as a person, so I wasn't personally happy to see him get fired. Like, I think I, I, I agreed with it, but I wasn't like you guys where I was jumping for joy. Like, none of this stuff was, like, enjoyable for me. You know what I mean? So it, wasn't, it wasn't an enjoyable year for me. <laughs> you guys never jumped for joy. And I, I hate got- the guy. <laughs> you got kick dunked by Gritty, so I okay, don't that want was you to neat. tell me there was nothing. Yeah, good well, that about was fun. Season. But like, I mean, I was still getting dunked in water. Like, 
It was yeah. it was funny. I could talk about how on funny the day it of was. a chemical spill. <laughs> on the day of a chemical spill. But like you see kind of what I'm getting at where there's there wasn't like one no, there game were no... or one event that I can point to and be like, yeah, that was memorable and fun to cover. Like I guess like covering John Tortorella on a daily basis was interesting. But like and I guess I'll talk about that, like what it was like to cover torts and that whole process. But like this there was nothing fun about this year for me. It was just a slog. A year that, like, uh, I went I went in knowing the team wasn't going to be good. They weren't good. They weren't bad enough that people were able to get excited about the possibility of something really good happening at the end. So it was just kind of there. It, 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 it very much, it felt like a job. Very much. It felt like a job I like, which is why it was so much better than the year where it felt like a job I hate it. But it very much felt like a job, not something that I got excited to do. You know what I mean? I'm glad I'm glad you made that last point, Charlie, because I honestly think the highlight, like, I hate to say because we were right, but like collectively as a group, I I don't think I could run an NHL franchise to win a championship. I mean, crazy shit happens, but probably not. <laughs> but we nailed this season so fucking dead on. Yeah, it's we did. unbelievable. Now they could get lucky in the lottery and cool, That'd be cool. awesome. But they were exactly what we all said. Like, oh, they're going to be bad and not bad enough. And, it, like, Chuck's going to get fired at some point. Like, it's going to be a shit show with Tortorella, which it was. Like, everything. And, like, not bad. Not, not saying anything about Tortorella. But, like, you know, this was a weird year with a crazy coach who's just like, yeah, yeah that, that defenseman, I hate him. He's sitting. I'm not telling you why. <laughs> like, like, it's. Like, we nailed this season. When you said it was just there, like, my take on what this season was going to be in August and September was they have to play 82 games because they have to fill out every other team's yeah. schedule. It's yeah. the rules. And that's exactly what this fucking season was. So, once again, congratulations to us. The highlight is we were right. Suck it, Flyers. Um, no, I'm not saying I could win a No one I'm not this. saying... Yeah. always right. I... I I say a lot of stuff. Some of it comes true. Like, you know, yeah. you say, you talk enough. Things are going to happen that you said. But, like, I don't remember most of it. But we nailed this season so hard. They never needed to play. Like, seven, having the same percent chance of draft, drafting one, two, as they do eight, nine, is exactly what this season was always going to be. Congratulations to us. Uh, speaking of the draft lottery odds, now Columbus is still playing tonight. Think about these tank teams. Fucking nobody wanted this thing at the end. Like, what are the organizations doing? They all kept like, winning. You have to. You, <laughs> you needed to put someone's cousin in net. Like, what? What were they doing at the end? Chicago, all of a sudden, like Columbus could get a point or something tonight. But like, Chicago went from thirty second to thirtieth in one night, and Columbus is they were bottom all year, and now they're maybe going to be third to let like. This was hilarious. The Flyers locked into the seventh uh, lowest or seventh highest odds. They now have a, it's official, 6.5% chance of the first pick, 6.9% chance, nice of the second pick, 44.4 for seven, 36.5 for eight, and 5.6 for nine. It's going to be eight, right? You know what's good about what you were just talking about, these tank teams playing themselves out of the, the bottom spot? If we're not going to get Bedard, 
Anaheim is the best possible outcome for uh, us personally. It is though. I, he's nowhere near us. He's not in the division. He's not in the conference. He's not playing for a team that we like actively hate. Although I don't know if you guys actively hate the Ducks. I don't. But like I dislike them for using orange. I believe there should be <laughs> one team fair. that wears orange and it's us. But maybe they could like, you know, you got Zegris and Bedard together. Like maybe you bring back the Mighty Ducks vibe and like make everyone very happy with you or something. I don't know. I just I mean, like, I would rather he go to Anaheim than Columbus or Chicago. Oh yeah. Well, I mean Chicago because sure. they just don't deserve it. Yeah, fuck like, them. Like, sorry, like that franchise like like on so many levels, they don't deserve to get bailed out by Connor Bedard. Yeah. Columbus, like, whatever. It's just the fact that, like, I'd rather the Flyers not have to face him. Plus, yes. there's the fact that, like, there will be something especially annoying about Columbus doing exactly what we wanted the Flyers to do, which is yes. sign Johnny, and tank. sign Johnny, still tank, get Bedard. Oh, fuck. They're getting him, Charlie. No! <laughs> They're no. getting him. They're fucking mm. getting him. You know it. Um, I, I just wanted him, to... Uh, you know what? We don't. We got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. Starting with exit interviews today. Yeah, that was um, today. Some interesting. Yeah, some interesting stuff came out earlier today. I saw some of it on Twitter. Um, pretend I've been working for twenty four ish hours and uh, summarize what each of you. Now, Charlie obviously covered it. I'm sure Kelly followed along. What were the big takeaways from uh, exit interview day? I'll go first since I have very little to say because yeah, I wasn't there. perfect. Um, there, I mean, I did, though. I, I was at work, so I didn't get to, like, watch everything straight through. But I did pick up. There was, like, a little bit of spice coming out of these interviews that I didn't really ex- expect. Like, and a lot of this could be, you know, me as a fan reading context into quotes that I want to be there that's not actually there. Like, the one that really stuck out to me was Atkinson – kind of explicitly saying, like, yeah, I saw some doctors here, but I wanted to go to Columbus where I trusted the doctors and let them tell me what to do. And that, like, obviously I just put my own tone on that, but, like, that kind of, like, mm, you know, a thing that we've been saying for a while that we thought was a big problem probably definitely is a big problem. And is that problem solved? I don't know. Um, The stuff with... Kevin Hayes was pretty spicy. Him pretty much saying, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess they're going to get rid of me, but what am I going to do about it? Um, and then Tony D'Angelo <laughs> I'm going to go play well. with my buddy in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Meatball is kind of being like, I don't know. I don't know why I was scratched, but it uh, is what it is. I mean, he, I he, know, he knows why he was scratched. He just doesn't want to tell uh, us why he was scratched. Well, no, I, I, will, <laughs> I will question that a little. I'm sure there was a conversation. Like, I'm sure there John was. Tortorella, he, like, he's not he totally in the dark. He acknowledged that there was a conversation. No, Tony D'Angelo knows why he was scratched. Tony D'Angelo thinks, through, like, I mean, and, and to be clear, I don't know why. I've poked around. Yeah. I do not know why. Tony D'Angelo knows why he's scratched. Tony D'Angelo thinks it was stupid. Thinks he th- wrong. he yeah. thinks that reason but, was dumb. I think his word was ridiculous. But, like, he oh. knows. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I saw that was a little bit of a red flag uh, surprising maybe was Travis Sanheim now he said like he's over he's over the Calgary scratch he's moved on but he still doesn't know why yeah and that led me to think like maybe like uh, the one thing I assume John Tortorella is is direct 
Like, if he is a fucking problem, you know what it is. Before you're even done being the problem in his eyes, you know what his problem is. And, I don't know, with the Tony stuff, I can see a little bit of, like, maybe not as much direct communication. Yeah, I I think that's that was definitely a theme. Um, I, I would recommend that everyone, if you have the chance, because it was a really good interview, go and watch the interview um, that Ashlyn from NBC Sports Philadelphia did with John Tortorella. It's on their website. It was a one-on-one interview. And she kind of went into this with him about this concept of communication. And Tortorella's view, basically, is that he thinks the best communication to a player is done in a group setting, basically when he can hold that player accountable for what he believes that player is doing wrong in front of everyone. That is his view of where the best communication happens. He actually, like, his thing is that, look, if you come to me and talk to me one-on-one, that's fine. I'll talk to you. But I'm not gonna go seek I'm not gonna go seek you out. I'm gonna tell you in front of everybody how much you suck. And if you have a problem with that, you can come to me. But that to me is my communication to you. And what was interesting today is that I mean we asked a lot of players, like, you know, what's your relation with Torts? And they were kind of like, Well, we haven't talked that much one-on-one. Like, you know, he's called me out in meetings and stuff, and I think we're on the same page. And Travis Connecty at one point basically said, like, well, when he doesn't talk to me, I just kind of assume that he likes me. And then I read, you know, what he says about me in the media. And it's like, well, I guess he likes me because he thinks I'm great. But I think the idea that, like, Torts is going from person to person and telling them, like, I think you suck right now. I think you suck right now. I think you're good. Like, I don't think that's how it works with him. And I think the, no, the I'm Santa, just like, the Santa when he's going to sit a guy who plays every night, yeah, that's I mean, surprising that the, he doesn't tell them why. The Sandheim stuff was interesting, that, that Sandheim still doesn't really know why, and there's not a lot of clarity there on his part. And Sandheim, you know, Sandheim said, and I do believe this to a degree, that, you know, I'm past it, and, like, I've moved past it. But, like, I don't think he's fully moved past it. Like, I still think it hurt, and I still think it hurt enough that, like, he doesn't, think that highly of John Tortorella the person. Now, I think he can coexist with John Tortorella the coach, but I think that that really that really hurt him. That he, it really is going to stick uh, with him. I wanted to bring this up later, but I think maybe it works now. We've been, you know, a bunch of times, end of the year, John Tortorella decided, nah, my staff's got it. I'm not going to be behind the bench tonight. Could that have something to do with a little... I didn't believe this until we started having this conversation, but some sort of contentiousness, some consternation? So, like, is it because there's some sort of tension? Could that be a reason? I don't think so. Because, and my my reasoning is this, because I think John Tortorella likes the fact. I think John Tortorella would like there being contention. I think mm. I, I think I've heard stories where like there are a couple guys in the team that like John Tortorella is annoyed a little bit that he hasn't been able to get them to yell back at him that like he's <laughs> tried to push them in groups to like get angry and yell at him because he feeds off that shit like he wants 
to get players pissed off at him to turn him into the villain so that then they all kind of rally. They all rally to him. They all rally against him. Yeah. So, like, I don't think Tortorella did tell us at some point that, like, you know, I do think that it helps maybe at this point of year. Maybe they're sick of hearing my voice. And so maybe that's a little bit of it. But I don't think this is a case of John Tortorella being like, man, they're pissed at me. I got to get the hell out of here. So they listen to somebody. I think Tortorella likes the possibility that there are some guys that are really pissed at him because he thinks that that conflict is how you get good players. That that's that that's that's what builds character and that's what builds a team and that's what gets the most out of guys. Now he might be wrong, but that's his view of it. That's I don't know if it's the healthiest environment for that to just be the atmosphere. Like this is just this is how we deal with things all the time here. I will say We've heard so much about the Flyers locker room over the last, you know, fuck, since we've been doing this show, everyone's tight, and it gets to a point where people don't call each other out, and there is, there's so little tension. We hear, like, they lose 10 in a row, and everyone's best friends, and it's like, now you should be pissed at someone. Like, Claude Giroux should hate everyone there. He should hate the front office. (laughs) He should hate every player in the locker room because they wasted his prime. Like, and they're all pals. So I can see him, like, wanting to try to, like, start that fire a little bit and stir that Ratchet up the tension a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's, like, the healthiest environment to just be in. I do think... You're going, Kelly. No, no, God. No, I said, I do think, and this is, to be clear, this is not something that I know for a fact, but this is a, a theory that I've had basically since it happened. I think that this, the Travis Sanheim scratching in Calgary, I think, and I don't know if John Terrell would ever, certainly would never admit this to the media. I don't know if he will ever admit this at all. I think he kind of realized that he might have went a little too far with that one. Mm. And the reason I got that sense is that, like, for the next week, like, they had a couple real, real bad games later that week. They went up to, to Newark and got skunked. Like, they got, like, they lost, like, 7 nothing. And I was expecting Torts to come out there and just eviscerate the team. Because, honestly, they deserved it. They played like shit. They gave the fuck up in the third period. Like, it was a it was a game reminiscent of the previous years. And he came out there and was like, I just feel bad for these guys. You know, I have their back. And to me, that screamed, oh, shit, these guys might be quitting on me because of the Sandheim thing. I need to, to play a little good cop here because I went a little bit too far with that thing. They all love Sandheim. They think I'm a total shithead for doing what I did. So I need to I need to pull back because that might have been a bridge too far. That's that's the period when he's like, listen. It's a long fucking season. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you don't have it. Like, that's when he, that's like his time. I do remember that time. So that, I could see that being the case a little bit and him learning, I guess, a little and the team giving and taking. And listen, the one thing I can say about them, yes, obviously there are games where you just don't have it. That happens to every team except the Bruins, I guess. Uh, But (laughs) we'll see in the playoffs. They did fucking fight all year, man. Like, we can't say it's the same old Flyers. That's one thing that's true. Like, it didn't show itself in any sort of results. But I've watched the team quit in the last several years, and I watched the team this year, and they were different. Oh, without question. Like, they were obviously trying this year. They're just 
you know, they stink. Much to my chagrin, yeah. Right, yeah, there was a um, lot of trying this year. There was a little bit too much emphasis on the trying, in my yeah. opinion. A little too much, like, self-satisfaction with the, like, yeah, the teams that come in here, they beat us 5-1, but they say it's a really tough game for them to win 5-1. Yeah. It's like, no, it's no, it's not. They're just saying that to you. Like, there was yeah. just a little too much emphasis on it, but I do think that, like, fundamentally, you can't argue that, like, the the base like the the bottom floor of this team has been raised. Yeah, it has. Watching over the course of the season. Watching Chicago last night like two different worlds. I mean, I'm watching like the Flyers bring the puck in over the blue line and suddenly two guys are chasing the puck on Chicago. Like they were they're pretending to play hockey out there <laughs> and the Flyers actually have some semblance of an idea it speaks to how little talent they have that they're only a few points better than Chicago but yes to Kelly's point like it's different it's much different uh, tony d came up a couple of minutes ago is there like this is fucking weird man it's weird like, it, it just it's nah, so weird you ain't it, playing yeah. you just aren't playing for so like, an extended period of time. Not a go learn your lesson, no. take a time out. Like you're you're off. You're it off. It was what? Five games, six games? Five games. Final five games a year he was sat down. Um so here's what's weird about it for me. So like D'Angelo, first of all, sorry about the street noise. It's Philadelphia. Um Tony D'Angelo We're a podcast for the people. We live yeah, among I, the people. It's hot out. My window's open. What do you want from me? Um, Tony D'Angelo was bad all season. Like, very bad. All season. And he didn't sit. I think he might have sat a couple of times. Am I making that up? Uh, yeah, he, his first he got scratched. Was he a got couple. scratched. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, this time felt different, and it felt more personal in a way. Like, it felt more to me like this is more of an I don't want to like speculate and say it's an off ice thing just because D'Angelo has a history of off ice things. Like, I don't think that he's, he doesn't appear to be up to his old shenanigans as far as, you know, saying things out loud that no I, one should say out loud. I do not think it was that. I, no, I, have, got, it, I have got no inclination, no, like no, and, no tidbit no, at all to believe yeah, that it was something that. like that. It's, no, it's no, important no. Kelly clarifies because when yeah. you say off ice, people's minds are going to go to that. No, I'm not saying like yeah. anything like yeah. before happened, but it does seem more than just you're shitty at defense because yes. he's been shitty at defense all year. So I, I wonder I, then what that thing is. I 100% agree that there's, there's something here. Now, the question is like, was it something like really like tabloid-esque serious? Like... He got into a screaming match with Tortorella and like punched a wall or something like. And I, I'm I'm literally just making shit up, but like you know what I'm saying. Like, was it something like crazy or because this like this is a theory of mine, and like this seems very innocuous, but it 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 strikes me as something that like it could be something that like Tortorella could lose a shit over. So I was not in New York for the 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 game against the Islanders. Okay, so because I, I was that was the end of the road trip. So, Torts sits D'Angelo for the Dallas game, okay? Mm-hmm. We interviewed D'Angelo. He, you know, gives us some good stuff about, like, look, I don't really know why. He might talk to me later, but all I know is I'm out this game. You know, I still want to be a flyer. I, I need to be better. He really mostly pretty much said all the right things. So, 
he he's, he skates the morning skate in Dallas, doesn't play. He's up in the press box, whatever. I don't go to the aisles, the, the island. Olivia and Gianna were there. Now, apparently, generally speaking, to give you a, like, a little bit of, of inside baseball here, because I, I don't know if everybody knows this, knows this, they weren't practicing every day, basically. All they were really doing by the end of the year is they were doing morning skates. And morning skates were always optional. However, because they weren't practicing, most guys were doing the morning skates. By the end of the year, they were legitimately optional. Most of the guys who were playing would not do the morning skate. Well, if you're a scratch, you are expected to do the morning skate because you're not playing. So you are expected to skate. I was not there for this, but Tony D'Angelo did not do the morning skate before the Islanders game. He went out with his buddies on the team and, like, got lunch. Like, all the guys who were playing. He did not skate. Mm. Now, I wonder if it's, as, if it's literally as simple as Torts was pissed that D'Angelo didn't do the morning skate on the second game he was scratched because it was like, well, dude, screw you. If you don't care enough to skate with your other scratch players, then you know what? I ain't going to play you the rest of the year. Take that, asshole. Like, that strikes me as, like, something that, like, I could see Tortorella reacting that way because he's torts. And then I could see D'Angelo being like, why is this that big of a deal? I just wanted to get lunch with my buddies. Like, I, that I could yeah. see. Like, that, and it, yeah. it, it could be that stupid. It really could. Well, and to be clear, like, that's kind of what I meant by something personal. Like, that kind of thing where torts is just pissed at him. Yeah. For something that's, not related to the on-ice play. I, I, I want it to it be... Like, something as simple as he liked his six and Tony D'Angelo was seven. But, well, like, but they but went the, with five is, against Boston. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it, you could have <laughs> They you went with bought that. five against yeah. the best team in the league. Yeah, you could have bought that until the Boston thing. Because yeah, then it's like, yeah. oh, Nick, Nick Sealer is ill. He can't play. <laughs> we sent Ronnie Adder back. And guess what? Tony, you still ain't playing. That's when you knew it was a punishment. That it wasn't yeah. just I, like. Literally nothing is better than you playing. Yes. That's when it's like, no, I've made the decision that for punitive reasons, you are not playing hockey, and I will play five defensemen if that means that, like, you can stay in the press box where I believe you belong. Yep. The one addition Chuck Fletcher made. Oh, my God. The one guy. It's a retool, Charlie. So go, um, going back to the point you made earlier in the podcast, That Bill, should be the video man, yearbook. Man. The name of the video yearbook should be It's a Retool, Charlie. It should. Like, but, going, go, but Bill, going back to— It's the most famous quote from this season. Going back to what you said earlier in this podcast, man, we were right about a lot of things. Because, man, we were, we were so right about the D'Angelo thing. Fucking nailed like, that shit. Uh, so uh, like, like, go ahead. Yep. I was just going to say, like what, like, what do you do with him now? Like, if the coach hates him, you can't trade him because he's fucking garbage. Like, I, I know it's only uh, a year, but, like... million for, like, a power play I, specialist. Uh, I don't right? think... I, I don't think... So, to be clear, like, I don't think Tony D'Angelo is a garbage hockey player. I think he's had a, he had a bad year, particularly defensively. He's bad at defense, Charlie. Yeah, but... The, and, like, yes. This year, he graded out so bad defensively that it completely overshadowed what he brought offensively. However... In the years prior to this, while he has always been bad defensively, he was always good enough offensively that he would be, like, break-even. This is the first year, really, since, like, his first year in the league that he was so bad defensively that it just didn't matter. So I don't think he's actually this bad. 
And I don't think you can trade him right. Like, if you're going to trade him, you would have to trade him by retaining salary. You'd have to cut that down to yeah. 2.5 yeah. mil and trade him that yeah. way. Because ain't nobody taking on Tony D'Angelo at 5 no. mil for next year. At least yeah. not until the trade deadline. Because, like... Shane Gossesbear, who had a good year last year, had a $4.5 million cap hit, plays the same role, and he brought back a third-round pick at the deadline. Like, those guys clearly don't have a lot of value right now because everybody kind of has their power play quarterback dudes that don't play good defense. So if they're going to, if they decide they have to trade him or they have to get rid of him, they got two options. It's either retain a lot of money, and they're already going to have to retain a lot of money to get rid of Kevin Hayes, but like, that's going to happen. So that's the second guy yeah. you're going to have to retain a lot of money to get rid of. Or you buy him out, which, like, maybe. Like, if they really feel like they have to get rid of him, maybe. I mean, the thing is, like, they're not going to to be competing for a Stanley Cup next year. Like, we can debate how good they're going to be. They're not going to be that good. And I'm sure that the front office knows that. So, like, if that's the case. <laughs> you never know. Maybe it's better that you just like hold on to him and hope that he has a better season and you can flip him for a third or a fourth that's, deadline. That's or you just honestly, play out the contract. That's honestly what I would do. I, I would yeah. keep him. That, I would keep him. I would because the thing with Tortorella too that you have to realize is that look, I'm sure that right now he is still real ticked off at Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. He actually kind of has a short memory. Like not in terms of the memory of like I think this guy sucks at hockey. But, like, he's the kind of guy where he could scream at you at the top of his lungs for 10 minutes on Monday, and by Wednesday, he, like, wants to talk to you about the NFL. Like, that's just him. Like, I would not be shocked if by September, like, he's cool with D'Angelo again. And he's yeah. ready to, like, get right back at it with his, his Italian buddy. You know what I mean? Which, honestly, you know what, like... That's how he should be. You know what I mean? Like, if he is pissed at Tony D'Angelo for going to lunch with his friends, that is not a thing he should be carrying through August in his heart. Like, that's a thing that you're like, eh. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's... like, no, like it, it can't be that serious. And, like, that, it, might be, it, it to... might be more than that. But I'm just saying, like, that was sure, a theory yeah. of mine. I like this. Yeah. I like this one. It makes the, a lot of sense to me, and it's very the stupid, which is what only, I It's very stupid. The, <laughs> the probably logical thing to do is what you guys just laid out. Hope he has a bounce back year. Try to trade him at the deadline. Get that third round pick, whatever. The only hesitation I have about that is he's not part of this. This is going to be over, whether it's at the end of next season, trade deadline, this, whatever. Uh, Ronnie Adder, Igor Zamula, like... I don't know, they gotta have some guys worth a look, don't they? I mean, Zamora... Like just blocking other guys? Mm, is he, though? I mean... A, to, a few of the... Like, Zamora, what's next year about? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, to me, and we'll probably get into him a little bit later, like, to me, the guy you trade is Provorov. Like, he's yes. the guy who I think you need to trade. I, I don't know if they're gonna do it, but that's how I clear up a spot. I get rid of him. Braun's gone because he's yeah. retiring. So there's two. Granted, Braun didn't true. play That's that two much. Spots. I don't know. Like, oh, do you expect Justin Braun? Now we've. Do you expect Provorov to be traded? I think yes. I would put it at about sixty forty that he goes, but I don't think it's foregone conclusion because I still think they they have this feeling that like 
well, who's going to take his minutes? And my thing has always been who gives a shit. But they, gives it's, a shit? It, it's really important to them. This idea of like, well, if, if he's not there, then we're going to have to play the kids too much. And maybe that'll hurt their development. So like having him around just to eat those minutes is important. Ugh. That that that's Hitting a real Zeter. belief. Um, now, I, I wanted to get into this because I wanted to talk about the team awards, but I see our conversations going elsewhere. So I'm just thinking about Ivan Provorov, and he can't possibly be this bad, right? Like he's not this bad. Of a I, I, I think player. I think this is a really bad fit right now. I don't think he, he's as good. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. Sure but I, is. I, okay. I agree that sure. I don't think he's this bad. He's I not think this, this is fucking this bad. is a bad but fit. Really, really. I bad think fit. he's seriously overrated. You and I have disagreed, Charlie, about what his ultimate role is in this league. But he's not this fucking bad. I'm looking at the timeline of this team. It's awesome that Noah Cates and Owen Tippett and these guys, Morgan Frost, these guys all broke out this year. They look like they're going to be something. These guys are 24. It's not like these are 19, 20, 21-year-olds. If this team's going to move forward, like they're going to have to bring some more guys along. Yes, draft well. But it's going to be all about shedding cap space and then spending money. If they're gonna like compete in the 2020s, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Ivan Provorov in three years. Now, granted, he's got two years left on his deal, so he'd need to be re-signed. But would they miss him in three years if he was gone? No. No. But but the reason why, like, so here's the thing: it's not that like I don't know the answer. I'm not saying I do. I'm asking. Like they would miss Ivan Provorov, the theoretical player. They will yeah, not. Yeah, the one that doesn't exist. They will not miss. No, like, like if Ivan Provorov playing at Ivan Provorov's best, you know what I mean? Like, like that's not going to happen Which here. It's not going to happen okay. here. No, and like also, we saw Ivan Provorov at his best, like maybe one point five seasons of his time with the Flyers, and not consecutively either. Ghost like, and Niskanen. Yeah, like he has had moments, but I feel like it's been more based on what we expected of him, and maybe that's part of the problem, but I think it's been more disappointment than him living up to what we expect of him. And, like, if it's just about eating minutes, like, you think Risto's good. He did it, so, you know, fuck, he put him there. Who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter who takes the minutes. Anybody can take the minutes. Split the minutes up. Like, I, I, I just think I'm just I thinking. just think, Bill, the, the, the point I'm making in response to what you're saying is you're saying like they're gonna need defensemen if they want to turn this around in three years. My thing is that Ivan Provorov, in my opinion, cannot be a part of this. They're trying to okay. build a culture. They're trying to build like a team that everybody cares about each other and sticks up for each other. And Ivan Provorov doesn't want to be a part of that. He doesn't. It's this, like, I, I we've talked about it. it. It's been out there. It's this toxic, where it's like, yeah. cannot continue. Okay. He just, That's, he doesn't want to be here. I don't know. Like, uh, it, and cool. it's not, and, and, and it's not that he's like demanding a trade, but I mean, it's going to yeah, go, yeah. In, it's, it's going to go in my column that I'm writing about because he's exit interviews. Like, he basically straight up said, like, I don't really like John Tortorella, and I don't really want to be here for a rebuild. Like, he didn't come out and say it, but he basically did, and it's God, like... fuck off! 
off like, then. Like Finally, he doesn't, someone he, said it though. Like he doesn't really like, want to be here. So then, then all these then other oblige him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck all off these other with fucking you. sheep that say they want to be part of the solution. I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, oh, I want to go down with the boat. Nah. I'm pushing women and children out the way, dog. I ain't drowning. To, like, to be fair, JVR pretty much suggested, like, hey, I would really have liked to have been yeah. shipped the fuck out of here and it didn't happen. Like, yeah. so, he's another oh, one. Like, that poor son of a bitch. Like, him and Justin Braun last night. I know. I, 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 like, I wanted to give them hugs. Like, like, watching <laughs> that game, I was like, you poor bastards. You poor son. I don't care how much they make to play a fucking game. You poor sons of bitches. Like, you had to, <laughs> for no reason... Wasting your time and the yes. life that you put into this game yes. to sit here. Speaking of a wasted season, uh, Cam Atkinson, remember him? Yeah, I want to get yeah, back. I want to get back to Atkinson because Kelly dropped okay. some pretty like inflammatory things at the start sure of this, did. and then we like didn't ever get back thoughts. around to it. This is something that I'm learning with this podcast is that there are things that get attributed to me that I supposedly agree with and believe because oh, you no. guys say it and I don't tell you you're wrong. So uh -oh. I am going to start telling us. I'm going to have to start doing that more <laughs> to make it clear. Like when I don't, I don't think what you're saying what? is correct. Um, the thing with the cam stuff, the thing with the cam Atkinson stuff with the injury stuff, that was very interesting. What he said today about the fact that there were mixed diagnoses and things like that. That was very, very real. And whatnot. That said, I think a lot of this, I think a lot, because this medical stuff is real. It, it is, there, there was a gap. There was, and Tortorella talked about this about three weeks ago, that the players, he was the first one who openly admitted what we all kind of knew, which was the players no longer trusted the Flyers medical staff and training department. The trust no was broken last season. That happened with all the shit that went down with Ellis and Hayes and Farabee and all that shit, like, that was real. I think that what happened with Atkinson at the start of the year was that was all residual from the previous year. The Flyers were breaking in an entirely new medical staff. The players didn't trust anything that they were being told by the Flyers medically after the previous year, and Atkinson kind of was like, okay, you guys might say this one thing, but I'm getting my own people because this thing last year was a fucking shit show. Atkinson straight up said this, and this was bonkers to me. Let me get the quote. This was one of the best quotes. I didn't tweet this out during the, the, the exit interview because it was so inflammatory that I didn't want to get it out there and people oh, to like Without not. Without more context. Yeah, the context was necessary, and I didn't remember the whole thing, but it was good. And it speaks to kind of where... because. He went in this whole thing, and then later in the in the conversation, I basically was like, was there a lack of trust at some point? And it, with regards to the medical staff, and let me find it. Where did he... Sorry, it's just going to take me a little bit of time. Yes. Okay. So it was... The, my, my question was, do you think there may have been a lack of trust in the beginning of the season, and do you feel like that's improved over the course of the year? Here was his answer. Yeah, absolutely. It went through a pretty, pretty significant change. The new head athletic trainers and bringing in new guys that I hadn't known as well. You're trying to trust certain people. I have all, the, all my trust in Tommy Alva, the new trainer, and the team that's here now. It obviously took a little bit of time just because I was going through things that I'd never experienced. And listen to this guy, that guy, people telling me this, people telling me that. And then here's the fucking kicker. 
It was just kind of a gong show. It's definitely gotten straightened out, and it's going to continue to get better. Like I said, I've been rehabbing here since my surgery for the last couple months, and I trust them. But to call the medical and training situation at the beginning of this season a gong show, like, holy shit. And and also, like, to be fair, like, those of us who were just experiencing this through Twitter only saw the very inflammatory, I wanted to go see guys that I trusted quote. And that, the context that you've provided, makes me feel better, actually, that it is being fixed, and we probably don't have to worry about it anymore going forward. I mean, I think we should still be skeptical, but I do think that at the the very least, like, the Flyers didn't make, and I actually noted this in my column this morning about, like, thank God they finally made some changes because the shit they were doing wasn't going to work. The one thing they did do last summer, and I will give them credit on this, they did actually address the medical stuff. They knew that was a problem. Chuck did restructure the entire entire medical department. He brought in Ian McCown to basically run the thing. And, like, I'm sure at the beginning, because he was starting anew, that, like, the players were like, why should I trust these guys? How how can I trust that they're better than the last people? Mm-hmm. Like to put it in context, what that new guy is inheriting. <laughs> like, yeah. Kevin Hayes, Ryan Ellis, Joel Farabee, Sean Couturier. Yeah. Like, of course it's a gong show. Yeah. He's fucking like, <laughs> oh, what other career ending injury am I dealing with now? <laughs> like, <laughs> half the fan base thinks you're dead. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, it's really. I'm glad they got it straightened out, and I'm glad you provided that context. There is also, like, an element to me in my head, like, Cam Atkinson and Kevin Hayes are close friends. Yeah. Mm. He just watched his buddy go through this thing. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, he has no idea. Also, all athletes should be skeptical of team doctors and get their own, because the team doctors work for the team, not for you. I totally—and I've heard—I— I tried for a long time to see if Kevin Hayes would confirm this on the record. I had heard that Hayes was one of the guys who really lost faith in the medical department at the end of uh, last season. I, I mean, can imagine. Which, yes, I mean, I it makes imagined, sense. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to connect some fucking dots, <laughs> it would be the guy who needed three procedures in three months or whatever. Yeah. Like four. Yeah. What? Yeah. So yeah, so like, yeah, so you make a really good point where it's like if you're Cam Atkinson and then yeah. you have a couple people in the Flyers medical department that maybe don't diagnose you right the first time, you're like, well shit, the same thing's gonna happen to me that happened to my boy Kev. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. I just see Ryan Ellis smoking a cigarette, like, you poor son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they got it wrong, did they? <laughs> like I just <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Justin Braun for a second. Um, he basically confirmed at like intermission the other night that he's done. Yeah, that he's done. Um, and we kind of saw it coming when he's the seventh defenseman on a fucking horrible team. Uh, maybe maybe time's up for him. Yeah. He yeah. he wins the the Yannick Dupree uh, Class Guy Award, and that's a great way to put it. He was a warrior for this team in his short tenure here. Of course, multiple tenures here. Uh, uh what do you think? the chances are and he had a 13 year nhl career maybe he wants to go spend some time with his family oh god i see uh, but a lot of times that a lot of times a lot of times athletes spend time with their family and then they're like well fuck that Uh, i'm going back to work uh 
What do you think the chances are Braun is a coach, scout, or professional yeah. best friend for the Philadelphia Flyers in 2023-24? Justin Braun development coach. Here we go. He can join Chris Stewart I mean... and Nick Schultz. <laughs> the whole gang. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Does this not like is Sam this Moran? Not the easiest, <laughs> yeah. Like, like Kevin Hayes may have been the one who lost faith in the in the medical staff. Like, these are dots that are easy to connect here. Yeah, Justin Braun coaching or doing something with this organization just seems thing, to fit. I don't really give a fuck if they pay these dudes to be professional best friends. Like, no, if they're not just really doing anything that impacts the team, I don't give a shit. Justin Braun's a good pro. I'm fine with it. I just think it's funny. Maybe he can, like, you know, help lead workouts on Saturdays at the practice facility or something. I don't give a shit what he does if they bring him back, but they probably aren't going to. Uh, Seems like a bit... If things were, like, static, if it was, like, two years ago, maybe, but I feel like things are, like, a little too messy right now for them to be hiring Justin Braun. I also think that he, like, does legitimately want to, like, go back to Minnesota. Right. I, I, I don't think he... Minnesotans. They it's love Minnesota. They love, they, they love the snow, lakes. I guess. There's a lot of lakes, I hear. A lot of lakes. lakes. A lot lakes. of lakes. Fucking lakes. All right, so um, I guess go, go into the, the team awards. Yeah. Oh, God. Because yeah. one of them uh, is I, I just, astounding. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> the I, one I, I'm with it, you. It, it, we're going to get to it. First, I just would like... What did you think of... Are, like, are these quote-unquote correct... Uh, the Bobby oh. Clark Trophy, the MVP, goes to Carter Hart. Um, Who else? I, I think it was it was either Travis Hart Connect- or Connecty got hurt. I guess it was either Hart or Connecty, and and I it had to be one of them. And if you you break down which one of those two is the reason that they got wins, it's Carter Hart. Yeah, <laughs> like Connecty. It's really yeah. the trophy. Who cost them a top five pick? Yeah, like yeah. that's Carter the trophy. Hart. I mean, they, they, it's caught, very the, the it's very Hart. possible that if Carter Hart didn't stand on his head the first month and a half of the year, they might have started like zero and twelve. Like they yeah. were they were that yeah. fucking bad. Thanks a lot, Dick. No, they they. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the funny one that I assume we're all. Uh, the the Ashby Trophy, the best. Defenseman. I mean, Charlie, Those, to this the one was and only bonkers. The bonkers. one and only Ivan Provorov. Um, I gotta ask you, Charles. Yes. And uh, you you might not want to answer this question because I'm not sure which of your colleagues listens to this podcast. Probably none of them. None. Um. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. The fuck goes on up in that press box? Okay. okay. What are so they watching? I. So here's the thing with the Provorov stuff. I who, don't who know. I don't know who actually votes on the Ashby. I don't know. Like, okay, it, fair, but it's you people. Uh, yeah, but my, my point is, is that I don't know how large of a pool it is. Like, because let me tell you this. If it was just the, like, daily beat writers that are always there and, like, the main people around the team, he would not have won. Because I because I know who everybody voted for, and like there were a few guys that got a lot more votes also, from us than Ivan Provorov did. Yes. Also, like blissfully, the the actual beat writers surrounding this team right now are like smart people who understand both hockey and evaluating talent, and aren't just like dudes you know, wearing polo shirts and dad jeans and, like, experiencing vibes and, like, liking the players that give them go- good quotes or whatever the fuck. Like, 
if it was the actual beat writers, and I think that sometimes people, for some reason, struggle to understand what that means because there are a lot of people that are considered beat writers that absolutely aren't that. But anyway, um, if it was the beat writers, you're right. Like, I, I would never expect him to win because you people know what you're doing. But uh, it's very clear that a certain contingent of person in the Flyers press box was given a large number of votes because it's v- it's very obvious to me the kind of person that would vote for Ivan Provov. It's Can a person I... who has like the they don't see deeper than like three inches from their face. Their evaluation of a defenseman is plays lots of minutes yeah. must be good. Yeah, like all right, big dumb energy. My question is, who should it have been? So my Sealer my or Risto, to be like, do they my, have a good so, defenseman? So, so my top three, because you rank you ranked your top three. My top three were Cam York number one, Nick Sealer number two, Ristolainen number three. That was yeah. my top three. Provorov, I probably would have had fourth. I probably all I, three of them were demonstrably better than Provorov in every single fucking way, and yeah, I'm talking like, about Rasmus Ristolainen, who we all yeah. That's that's the like. There's no right answer. Like, best defenseman on this team is an oxymoron. There isn't I mean, it's, one. Yeah, it's meaningless. Um, but it wasn't like, Provorov. But, like, that's no, the thing. It just, no, it wasn't By Provorov. any metric. No, he, he stunk. Like, so, so I don't know. Like, your answer, your question of, like, how did he win this award? I don't know because I don't know who voted. Like, I don't know. If, so, they, if they gave votes to every single blogger who has a full season credential and they all voted for Provorov, like... Maybe like that he no, maybe that's how he got it. We we fact check that because we know people with full season credentials who didn't have a vote. I could make a list, and then people will get mad at me when I made a list of the people I think voted for this award. But it's very obvious to me if you think a little bit about it who voted for do this award. Do you think? Do you think it's possible that they rigged this voting <laughs> to somehow? To somehow increase his trade value. Okay, b- you know? okay, Bill, Bill, can I can Would I say this? It. Like, I am. I'm just trying. To- I am. A, I am about as anti-conspiracy theory as you. Get. <laughs> you actually think it's possible? I actually have wondered because because <laughs> I thought okay, you were going to tell me I'm an because, because because on two levels. Well, actually, on three levels. Number one, I know enough people that voted that definitely voted and did not vote for him to be like that's weird. Number two, I know how like. Like he take like Provorov takes this shit real seriously, and like yeah, I have a, a fucking like, weirdo. Like I have a feeling that like one of the reasons why he got real pissy with us at the at the exit interviews last year is because we gave the Ashby to Sandheim instead of him. So that's that's oh number two. God. Number three, yeah, yeah, he's available, and to be there's something to be said about being like, hey, he was our best defenseman last year. The media who watch him every day said so. It's oh yeah, no, our team was so big. Our team was so bad, and he played all these minutes. No, no, no. I fully see that being like. Imagine trading for a guy and be like, you know, he won their he won their best defenseman trophy on <laughs> Fan Appreciation Day. I, all, all I'm saying, I all fully I'm saying see is that like, being like a possibility. I I have not ruled it out because to me it was so ridiculous that he won. That was like, wait, that really doesn't pass the smell test for me at all. Yeah, it's 
I mean, I, I, guess I, I like, like that answer better than people actually voting for him, to I, be honest. I, I'll tell you what it was, plain and simple, Russian collusion. Just interfering in yet another vote. <laughs> yet another oh election. God. <laughs> yet another election. Uh, Someone. Oh so God. the Lindbergh, the Pelly Lindbergh, the most improved, goes to Owen Tippett. Like, there's other candidates, but he's by far, I mean, he was fucking awesome this year. It had Very to be good. Owen Tippett. Yeah. Frost, yeah. Line Seal- and Sealer. I think I you can make a case for Sealer, but Tippett's, Tippett, like, Sealer went from being barely an NHL defenseman to a good third pair, whereas Tippett went from being like, you know, hey, he's got interesting skills, but I don't know if he's a player, to, yo, this dude could be a top six forward on a contender. Like, so he probably took the bigger leap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I know we did this like a week or two ago, but of all of Chuck Fletcher's fuck-ups, how did he get the hardest thing he had to do right? <laughs> like With all the things that were against that, him, he actually nailed the true trade. Tr- that's, you, like, when you have no leverage, because the guy is openly saying, you can only trade me to one team, and you get a few, now it's a 2024, it was like two years in the in the future, well, now and you had not. to give up like a couple of, you had to it's give up closer every day, Bill. Yep. <laughs> but you get a fur. You gave up like Connor Bunneman plus like Giroux. Like oh, you fuck, gave up Giroux him. and some guys, whatever. You got a future first and a dude who like might be a first line player. The thing is, that I think insane. You're, you're giving Chuck too much credit on this one. I think uh, no, like, he like, absolutely stepped in shit and got lucky. But yeah. it's crazy that of every like he gets Ryan Ellis, who's objectively great, and it's like, oh yeah, he's 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 never fucking playing again. Yeah, we he, think died. he died. Like, yeah, like <laughs> sorry. And, and you get dead. this guy who Florida, who had like 190 points last year. It's like, yeah, we got no use for him. And now, like, everyone's, oh, he might score 40 goals next year. It's insane. Um, the Gene Hart for the most heart goes to Carter Hart. Was this just because of his name? Yeah. Like, how I, is it yeah. not Scott Lawton? I, I, I just think this is like who, who the fan club was like the happiest about. Oh, the fan club does that. Yeah, uh, this is this is the fan right. club award. Well, you know, God okay. bless. Um, I want to predict the award the awards a year from now, just the Clark, Ashby, and Lindbergh, because I think it's a fun exercise of what we think is actually going to happen this Ooh, off right. season and yeah, a that, year from fun. now. Okay, that's fun. That's yeah, fun. So okay, that, we'll that, that's, that's with, fun. The Clark first. Fun. Yeah, we'll start with the Clark next year's team MVP. I'll go TK. Ooh. I think TK wins it next okay. year. Because I would have voted for TK's here next year. I would have voted for TK. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade it. I would have voted for TK if he played all the games. It's just he missed a quarter of the season, so I couldn't vote for him. But, like, he was the best player per game, I think, this year on the team. He just missed too much time. If he doesn't get hurt next year, I think he's going to have another good year, and I'll probably end up voting for him for MVP. I swear to God, I could every single year of my life have the is the MVP the best player on the team automatically debate. Like, I'll never stop having that debate. It's my favorite one. Happens every year. But yeah, I, I would trophies. I would bet. I Look, as I've told you, I think they should trade Travis Konecki. I don't think they're going to trade Travis Konecki. I'm going to get real weird, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Owen Tippett. Could see it. Yeah. If he takes another All right. step. I was, I was going to go Tippett, but Sucker. in the interest of <laughs> Cutter, baby. <laughs> Cut, he's, he's probably not even Gauthier. He's probably not even. Ah, <laughs> I don't know. Who's to Why say? Why did he come here? 
Because <laughs> if he hasn't signed already, he's probably not signing. To, I don't know. Go play in the NHL. It'll be fun. You know? Fuck it. <laughs> play oh, first well, nine minutes oh, of the oh, NHL. Oh, well, well to, be, to be clear. No, to be clear, Bill, if he doesn't sign, it's not because he yeah. doesn't want to sign it because the Flyers want him to spend another year in college. Mm. I think he would sign it a heartbeat. Go back Stupid. to that college. Um, I want to do the Lindbergh before the Ashby because I want to get my joke in. The Lindbergh's and interesting. The most improved next year mm. will be the very mm. first three-time winner, Travis Sanheim. Oh, my God. No. That He's fun. due! He's, He's due! due. You get you have down 40, one, you have when he has one, forty right? points playing twenty three minutes a night next year, he's winning. <laughs> you know who I'm gonna I'm gonna pick for this? Um, I'm gonna go with Wade Allison. I was gonna say Wade Allison, you fucker. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm gonna you, you, say Morgan Frost. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna like, say Wade, Wade uh, Allison gets it. If next Frost year. wins it next year, like, because this was his leap year. Yeah, he's yeah. Good. Like, if he wins it next year, that means he's like legitimately good. Yeah, like he's a sixty, right, sixty-five point guy. Let's if he go. wins it next year, hey, he's got Danny B now. He's wearing his Let's number. The sky's the limit. Go and the impossible, like I, the Ashby. The Ashby. I, I, Cam York, baby. Yeah, I I go with Cam. He's the only guy. Yeah, I think it's Cam. The only good Un- Unless we get an amazing bounce back here for Travis Sanheim. Maybe. Nick Sealer. Seals! No, I, I, no, I, like, no Sealer! I'm trying to like, Sealer, think though. of a defenseman. Sealer's going to get traded at the deadline. Sealer's getting traded at the deadline, no question. That's, that's such a, such a no-brainer. If he's good. I mean, I'm you would have think... thought that before, but he like was the yeah. guy you could not get rid of. It's yeah, they're awesome. building yeah, a team around him, Charlie. Stupid. Yeah, but Nick Sealer has a league minimum contract. Like, yeah. So, well, uh, if, you're, if you're referring to James Van Reems, like he had a seven million dollar cap. It. There's big no, 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 no. no. I was... Didn't Chuck Fletcher say that like you couldn't get rid of Nick Sealer? Like he was the guy that was no, like untouchable. He's dead now. Oh, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying it's possible Chuck. that other stupid people think that too. Oh my god. Uh, I just, I just think joke. like having your number one defenseman on a league minimum contract, that's a lot like having a rookie QB contract. You can Ooh. really build around that. Checkers. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a defenseman that it would be funny for them to acquire and I got nothing. So yeah, it's probably Cam York, right? It's just like be. he's on that trajectory. I mean, can, yeah, maybe can Cam York take the minutes. Yeah, maybe it's a yes. shock and, like, one of the young kids come. Like, it could be, like, Igor Zamula or maybe, like, Emil Andre steps in real early and kills it. Yeah. Like, that's a possibility. There you go. Eh, maybe. Uh, I wanted to do some playoff stuff here, but I don't really feel like it now. Does anyone want to do an any hour. of that? We've already Not done yet. an hour. Yeah, it's over an hour. Okay, well, There's I mean, do we ha- have... To- I guess we could run quick through what's our what's our picks. Like, cup yeah, final pick? The- Kelly. What? Who are your cup picks? Oh, <laughs> the other, I forget who I was talking to the other day in the uh, Brushy Hockey Slack, but I came to the conclusion that it could, like, very plausibly be Edmonton, Toronto. And so now I'm, like, very invested in that happening because of it seems course, like the most fun outcome. Of course, Charlie's Kelly nightmare. Picks two, picks two the Canadian whole teams. The country would explode. Two Canadian teams. Go move to Canada, Hinkle. I tried, Charles. <laughs> I think that would be the first of all. They're two very fun teams in my defense. The they Avalanche are, are are fucked. So like Edmonton has a much easier path than they had before. Like who else in the West is even good? Yeah, Vegas is good. Dallas Vegas, is interesting. Yeah. 
Anywho, that seems like a fun outcome, so I'm rooting for it. Charlie? Um, so, at the start of the year, before, the, before any games were played, I picked Carolina Edmonton. Now, yeah. I'm sticking with Edmonton, and you know what? Like, well, yeah. I don't, like, I, I don't think Carolina can do it without Sveshnikov, but you know what? Like, I would be pissed off at myself if I switched the pick now, and then they do get in, and I had it, and I blew it. So I'm just going to stick with Caroline Edmonton. I got a one thing because I looked it up today. Uh, Svechnikov got hurt on March 11th. Since March 12th, Carolina's bottom five in scoring in the league. Yeah. Like, oh, it's God damn. gone. They yeah. don't score. Like yeah. They score like Arizona goals yeah. per game. Uh, I am going to go with Edmonton bummer. as well. I, I don't like picking the same team as everyone else. Edmonton ha! as well, though. I just think, like, how do you stop them? How the yeah. fuck can like he's unstoppable? And now the goaltender is not. In, in fairness, I don't think I don't think the Avalanche are fucked. I mean, it hurts that I'm not having Landis Cog, but like they're still damn good. They're probably going to win that division still. And they didn't have well, them all year. Yeah. Like they yeah, could do I it. I think it's. I think it's close. Like they're not as done as I thought they were a month or two ago. But I, I just like how do you stop the best player maybe ever? Um, I'll tell you how. You do it with the best goalie in the league, whose name is Ilya Sorokin. Oh, That's right. No. Oh, the no. Islanders oh, over, no. The Islanders over the Oilers in the Stanley Cup final. Oh. That is all the time. Guy, I, I, I might stop watching hockey if that happens. Quitting my job immediately. If the fucking Islanders They are going win to win cup. every game two to one, oh, and God. that's just going to be that. Oh, God. All the right. Worst. Are we done? Yeah, yes. sure. On that right. note. And that <laughs> is all the time we we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out if you haven't already. Yo, check out BroadStreetHockey.com. It's new, it's new, and it's cool. And uh, follow our podcast while you're there. Yeah. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever their podcast. I don't know. I'm lost here. Um, thanks to Kelly. Thanks to Charlie. My name's Bill Matz. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.